four friends are facing a threat of natural origins. A late season hurricane is barreling down on the west coast of Florida. Naturally, being a respected local celebrity, Allison is doing her part in preparing Floridians for the impending storm. If you're not puking in the bathroom from alcohol poisoning by the time winds hit 75 miles per hour, are you really a Floridian? Bradley, chime in while Allison is on the air. You're a loser if you're not boofing beers by the time the first rain bands hit the coast. <laughs> exactly. Let's take it to a caller and see how Florida is preparing. You have the right vibe, my girl. Hurricane parties are Florida's Darwin Awards. We cram together, risk being killed, and get so drunk we need colonoscopies after the storm passes. <laughs> I love the energy here. What are your plans to ride out the storm? Oh, I've rented out a 10-acre farm where my family and friends are going to play manhunt. The place is full of trees, wild animals, creeks, ditches. First one to hogtie my mother-in-law gets to boof a handle of whiskey. <laughs> Legally, I can't condone that, but it sounds like you're going to have an awesome time. Stay safe and tip your ambulance driver. In all seriousness, folks, please make sure you and your family are prepared. This is a Category 4 storm. Stock up on bottles of water, toilet paper, alcohol, and I guess some PB&J sandwiches. I'm Allison of Allison's Corner, signing off until after Hurricane Ron is gone. Bradley comes into the booth. That guy sounded like he had the right idea for this hurricane. I'd love to play manhunt in a storm like this. Same, it sounds epic. But it also sounds like someone could die. <laughs> well, what do you expect? We're Floridians. By the way, Dylan and Cameron are at Hit Me Again, so let's head over there and grab a drink. Alison and Bradley arrive at Hit Me Again. For a bar in the path of a hurricane, you wouldn't know it by the size of the crowd here. Drinks are being poured, people are playing pool, conversations are being had. Cameron and Dylan are at their usual table, sporting drink number three. Hey, you two. Sup, guys. Hey, how was the show? Amazing. I think I gave some solid advice on what to do for the hurricane. Yeah, get drunk and shove beer up your ass. <laughs> that was your idea. Yeah, I know. We also had an excited caller tell us about their hurricane plan. They rented this farm and planned to play manhunt during the storm. I was concerned over the idea of boofing a handle of whiskey. Ugh. As a Floridian, I'm ashamed. Not surprised, just ashamed. You, of all people, are talking down the idea? I would have guessed this is something you had already planned for us. <laughs> Bradley, Bradley, my dear friend, it is true. I do take risks in the bedroom. The five-finger butt slam that is taking bedrooms by storm is, indeed, my invention. That being said, hurricanes terrify me. Oh, Dylan, you are a beautiful yet complicated person. Speaking about planning, though, do we have enough alcohol? Yes, uh, your pallet of Jägermeister is being delivered tomorrow morning. Phew, right on. I'm going to be doing something productive while you three abuse your liver harder than Amber Heard abused Johnny Depp. <laughs> what? Alphabetizing your Funko Pop collection? Hey, I told you about that collection in confidence. What are your plans, Cameron? I am going to start writing a book. Alison, Bradley, and Dylan all look at each other and burst out laughing. <laughs> <laughs> you? Writing? Yes, me. 
Why is this so surprising? <laughs> the only thing I've ever seen you write about are those Star Wars fan fictions where Luke goes gay for a character that sounds suspiciously a lot like you. Cameron grows redder in the face than Carrie on prom night. This time, I'm writing about dating in today's society. Jeez, that is a loaded conversation. Which is exactly why I want to take it on. I think a lot of people are confused about all these new identities or beliefs in hooking up and dating. Since I'm attracted to both genders, I feel I'm prepared to research all sides and use my experiences as examples in the book. Are you going to talk about how you ended our perfect relationship? Well, hey guys. Cutting off what would have been an awkward conversation between Bradley and Cameron, Danny, the former waiter from Roosters, comes up to the table. You work at Hit Me Again now? That's right. I fought on my way into the owner's heart and he gave me a job on the spot. I make so much money in tips I was able to finally get my taint pierced. Wow. Shit, Danny. I did not need to know that. I'm glad to see you've landed on your feet, Danny. How do you like it here? You remember that scene in Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory when they first get to see the inside and it's full of wonderful treats and weird inventions? Yeah. Well, that's what it's like here, except instead of candy, it's gay men, and instead of wacky inventions, it's crazy kinks that these guys are into. <laughs> Sounds like you're having a fun time. Oh my, am I? Every night I stroll home with my walking petunias like a wayward jaybird, locking eyes with hot guys from the bar who are afflicted with curiosity of what I may offer if they follow me home. Oh, Danny, you're a southern belle. <laughs> Hmm, yes. Danny, you should join us for our hurricane party. We're locking ourselves in the apartment with alcohol, games, conversations, and movie marathons. I'll stroll on over tomorrow evening after we finish boarding up the bar. You know, keeping up with what's going on in the world can sometimes feel like more trouble than it's worth. There's so much information flying around, it's almost impossible to get anything of value out of it all. But that's what Assorted Goods is all about. Every episode, your host, Dan, me, takes the time to break down and dive into a collection of news stories and topics, big or small, past or present. It's a podcaster's journey to learn a little more about the world, one story at a time. So stop by, kick back, relax, and join me in my efforts to figure out some of the craziness, and maybe have a couple laughs along the way. Find Assorted Goods wherever you get your podcasts, and I'll see you there. Apartment 9 is ready to go as the storm inches closer to the coast. You can sense a change in the air already. Winds are beginning to pick up and there's an urgency when you're out shopping for supplies. Our four friends are gathering in the living room with their vices and food as a movie plays in the background. That must be Mrs. Halverson. Alison gets up to answer the door. Ooh, hey you kids! <laughs> Ooh, you all look ready for this crazy storm. I'm so jealous, I have to work the entire time. Mrs. H, no one is going to be looking for a hooker in this weather. Oh, is business down today, Dylan? <laughs> ha! That's funny, because Dylan sleeps around. Oh, thank you. That was the joke. Anyways, I'm in charge of keeping the building safe while we weather out the storm. Mr. Halverson is away on business, so I was wondering if I could spend my time here with you guys. I brought enough loot fisk to share. <laughs> 
Lutefisk? I didn't realize we were having a Nordic Christmas feast. It's good for you, don't you know? Puts real hair on your chest. I'm hairy enough, thanks. Mrs. H, you're more than welcome to stay with us. Can I make you a drink? I'll take a dry martini. Coming right up. So, what are y'all doing to pass the time? When I was a kid, my friends used to play Fargenfugel. I plan to get wasted. More or less, I'm doing the same. I wanted to play board games, but I don't think the group is in on it. I'm starting to write my book on dating in our society right now. Cam, no one is looking to read the sad diary of a sexually frustrated 30-year-old. We've all seen the movie Good Luck Chuck. It was terrible, and I'll never forgive Mr. Halverson for dragging me to that screening. Have a little faith in me, guys. I think I have a good grasp on what's going on. I've struggled with dating since Bradley and I broke up, and I want to talk about this in my book. I'll remind you that breaking up with me was your decision. Guys, let's not get personal about this. Cameron, if I may contribute my thoughts on marriage as a divorcee, a friend of mine kept pushing the idea that I needed to settle down and find a man again. I'm not ready to do that. I don't want kids yet. I still have so much living left to do before that chapter of my life begins again. You and I are on two different pages then. I can't wait to be married and live through the whole experience. Raising a family, owning a home, having a cute dog or two, beating cancer in my late 40s, and then getting to see my grandkids become spoiled teenagers. Raising a family in this economy? Our generation can barely afford avocado toast. Oh, that's such a shame. Back in my day, my generation... We we know. (laughs) But I didn't even get to explain. It doesn't matter. I know what you're going to say. Your generation got to have a big wedding, and by the time you're 20, you had a house, two cars, three kids, and you could still afford to vacation twice a year with your husband working a nine-to-five while you worked odd jobs like spanking tuna before being shipped. That's why I only look for friends with benefits. We get to be friends, there are benefits, and if things don't work out, I haven't emotionally invested in that person and I can't get hurt. I don't know. That sounds a little emotionally unhealthy. What do you mean? Look, have your fun and all. That's your business. But getting hurt is a part of life. A shitty part of life? Well, yes, but it makes us stronger. I could see you settling down with someone nice, having kids. Huh. Stable enough for children? He's barely stable enough to make his own breakfast. (laughs) Well, at least I know to butter my bread on both sides. That's not a real thing. That's just a figure of speech. Oh. Well, at least it tastes good. Oh, who could that be? Bradley gets up to answer the door. Danny! I was wondering when you'd be arriving. I apologize for the delay. The bar took a little while to close and board up for the storm. Good lord, is it windy out there? I haven't had my pants pushed around this hard since the Miami Pride Parade of 2015. Can I get you anything to drink? Yes, but I am already drunk. (laughs) Oh boy. Well, we have whiskey, rum... I'll take a Long Island iced tea. Danny walks into the living room. Good evening, everyone. What are we all up to? Oh, we're discussing what it's like dating these days. Oh, I have quite the story to tell here. I was traveling through Europe two years ago when I came across two stunningly attractive German twins. Being the glutton I am, I inquired if they'd be willing to make my acquaintance. Fortunately for me, they were a part of an underground sex cult and took me on their misadventures around Berlin. Threesomes, foursomes, entire trains. If the group was the train, I was the unwitting driver whose car got stuck on the tracks. (laughs) Oh, I couldn't sit down for two whole weeks. 
Danny, you and me, you and I should hang out more. That, um, sounds very nice. With pleasure. Mrs. H, what is it like growing old with someone? Oh, you know, it has its ups and downs. More often than not, I'm having to fart my husband after eating bad meat. <laughs> How does that work? Well, just like burping a baby. But back to my point, the trick is finding someone who you can grow into and grow up with. That's what I believe in, just without another ring and legal certificate. It's not worth the hassle. But marriage is the glue that holds your life together. There's so many times you're going to be angry at the person you love. They're going to let you down or ruin your favorite bed sheets or choke you a little too hard when making love and everything goes a little hazy for a few minutes. <laughs> These are just the facts of life. Why, I remember one night when Mr. Halverson got so drunk he forgot who I was and kept hitting on me the entire evening. How did he forget? I don't know. Honestly, I think it was a stroke. But anyway, he hit on me all night. Knowing the state he was in, I teased him about other attractive girls at the bar, but he didn't want anything to do with them. In the moment, I felt offended that he would even dare flirt with anyone else. But in the end, I let it go, because even if he didn't realize it was me, he still wanted me. In a messed up way? That is kind of endearing. I thought so too. Then he puked all over my mother when we got home and played my breast like a bongo in front of my dad, so it was kind of a mixed bag kind of night. <laughs> I was in a relationship not long ago where this guy had to prove that he was manly all the time. Always did things the difficult way. Never wanted my help. And God forbid I even opened my mouth about asking for directions. This man would prefer to use sandpaper instead of toilet paper to prove just how tough he was. <laughs> I'd always hear him in the bathroom grunting and then quietly crying, but he swore by it. That's fucking disgusting. You're damn right it was. I finally left him when he said that if we got married, I wouldn't be allowed to have a job and I immediately needed to start popping out kids. He would have made you leave the radio show? He hated the fact that I even had one in the first place. Not all guys. But there are a few who have this warped idea of what women are capable of. At the end of the day, I am capable of whatever I put my mind to. And if he doesn't like that, well, he can keep sanding his anus. <laughs> I'm surprised that never turned into a bad infection. Did he ever put ointment around the opened wound that was his worn out bunghole? Never. He thought that if his finger ever slipped into his anus, he'd turn gay. Oh, jeez. What an idiot. On the plus side, he never had to shave since Sanding took care of that for him. Mrs. Halverson looks over to Cameron. Cammy, you've been fairly quiet this entire time. What have your experiences been like? My dating life's been weird. Bradley and I were together for so long, and now I'm trying to come to terms with my own sexuality. It's super confusing these days. Am I bi or pan? And if I don't strictly identify as pansexual, am I transphobic? There are so many identities, I feel like I need to keep a dictionary on me. For now, I'm just trying to see what it's like dating in the straight world. How have us ladies been treating you? Oh, it's been different. I I've noticed that casual sex is a lot harder to come by on Tinder than it was on Grindr. All you needed was a pulse on Grindr and someone was ready to meet up for sex. <laughs> Tinder's like playing a Rubik's Cube. If I don't say the right thing in the right moment, at exactly the right time, the conversation dies and the person moves on. Or, if I even hint at the idea of sex, I'm just a creep who doesn't know how to have a conversation. Honestly, I hate dating apps. They're all trash. Agreed. Cam, you bring up an interesting point, though. When we were in high school, there were really only three sexualities. Straight, bi, and gay. 
And most of the time, people didn't even believe in bisexuality. They just claimed you were confused or curious. Yeah, see, I hate that because I do realize I'm attracted to more than one gender. Does that mean you're pansexual? I don't even know. I I'm a little confused on the pansexual definition. Essentially? It means that your attractions to others isn't limited by their gender identity or sexual orientation. So, like, would you date a transgendered person? I think, given my experiences in life so far, I've realized it's less about the gender and more about the person, so I'd be open to it if I felt romantic feelings for said individual. As the group debates dating in the modern society, the storm outside begins to rage. Winds topping out at their maximum, rain splashing the windows so hard they can barely see the world outside. Hey, uh, guys? The storm's getting pretty bad. It looks like the first floor is completely flooded. The group joins Dylan by the window. Oh my lanta. I haven't seen a storm like this since the Hurricane of 82. That was back when I was running a brothel. And let me tell you, even after the storm passed, nobody wanted to go home. <laughs> I don't think we're going to be able to get out of here anytime soon. And sadly, this isn't a brothel. Well, Danny and Dylan are here. It's kind of a brothel. <laughs> Mrs. H, what are we going to do about the people on the ground floor? They'll be fine. I have the doors and windows sealed shut and evacuated everyone below the third floor. The only way things could go bad is if... The power goes out. Oh my goodness, we're gonna die! Hey guys, I'm on Twitter, and uh, rule number seven of the hurricane checklist is now in play. Dennis Phillips is freaking out. Oh, what a hunk. Him and those sexy suspenders. Mrs. Halverson, what are we going to do? All right, everyone, calm down. I'm the captain of this ship. Oh, great. And I'm not going to let anyone perish under my watch. I've been through worse. When I had to get my stomach pumped after eating six golf balls, did I pack up and just die? No. When my small business went under because I didn't know shock collars for kids might be frowned on, did I give up and go home? No. I came back with an even stronger shock collar and a way better advertising agency. <laughs> did I give up when... Mrs. Halverson, we are running out of time. Right. Here's the plan. Fairville has four diesel generators in the basement of this building. When the power isn't on, that means when the city lost power, our system didn't automatically switch over. Luckily, we have a manual switch in the basement, but that means someone is going to have to come down with me to help flip the switch. I volunteer. As do I. Whew. I thought I was going to have to go do it. Nope, Kimmy, you're going down with them. Damn it, why? Why don't you? Mrs. H, I'll go down with the two of them. You stay here and walk us through this over the phone. We need you alive. I can do you one better. I have these adorable two-way radios. They're shaped like Mr. Peanut Butter's face from the show Bojack Horseman. <laughs> Mrs. H, I need to know where you find these things. The internet, silly. Anyways, we'll stay in touch through these as you find your way in the basement. Got it. I wish you luck, Allison. I don't have much faith in Dylan or Danny. Honestly, they might get lost in a broom closet if you catch my dress. <laughs> Have time for another podcast and enjoy listening to two idiots discussing films? Then look no further. We are Movie Drone Podcast, two mates sitting down to discuss new releases, nostalgic films and anything and everything in between. He's Steve. And he's Mark. Together we answer listener questions and set each other homework, giving each other a film to watch that the other hasn't seen in the hope of unearthing hidden gems. You can download us on iTunes, Podbean, as well as Google searches to find us on loads of different platforms. Or email moviedronepodcast at hotmail.com. I think that's all. No chance, mate. Huh? You've forgotten everyone's favourite feature, Mark's movie impressions. 
Oh, I'd hope you've forgotten it too, to be honest. No chance of that, mate. You think you should do one? I hate you. Come on, mate. Show them what you got. I ain't no bomb. I ain't no bomb. Yo, Adrian! <laughs> and if that hasn't put you off, give us a try. There's a small chance you won't regret it. Alice and Danny and Dylan arrive on the first floor after having to walk nine stories down in the dark. Thankfully, it appears that the sealants have held and no water has made it into the apartment units. They open a large door leading them down into the basement. It's dark and scary. They can hear the water hitting the building and the wind whipping against the windows. If anything goes slightly wrong, it could cost them their lives. Whew! I'm out of breath. Well, maybe now you'll take part in that nine-step fitness plan I've been telling you about. The brochure said to sleep with nine guys a night. It's great exercise. It's amazing that you can sit down. The three of them reach the basement floor. To the left of them is the door that leads to the generator room. In front of them is a circuit panel for the entire building. And to the right is the rest of a long hallway that stretches down the length of the building. Allison opens the panel and flips the switches. Damn it! It's not working. Mrs. H, the switch didn't do anything. Oh, when the power went out, it must have tripped the second set of breakers where the generators are. They're just through that door on the left. Dylan, the doorknob can be a little tight, so you go over and use your strength on it. Too tight? It's never been a problem for me before. (laughs) Dylan walks up and presses his ear to the door. Uh, Mrs. H, it sounds like there's water behind this door. Nonsense. This building is as tight as Bradley's pucker hole. Mrs. H, I really don't think it's safe. Dylan, trust me, you'll be fine. Dylan turns the doorknob, and the door slams open with a wall of water gushing out of the generator room, carrying Dylan down the long hallway. Mrs. Halverson, you're an idiot! (laughs) What happened? I hear a lot of static. Dylan was just washed down the hallway by a wall of water. The generator room flooded. Is there still water coming out of the room? No. Okay, good. It must have been the sump pump. If the power goes out, they do have a fail-safe to seal the room, but it looks like it was delayed. How deep is the water down there? It's about four feet. Okay, not that bad. You can still reach the breakers. I'm going to find Dylan. Danny, no. You don't know what's down there, and it's dark. Well, that didn't stop me the night I took on an entire dance floor of guys at a seedy bar in New York City. (laughs) I couldn't see a thing and I crawled around in a wet liquid for hours. Oh, also, hold this. What are these? Well, little packets of meth. Sometimes the guys that hit me again give these out instead of tips. No! I am not holding on to these. That's illegal. Fine. We'll leave them right here on the steps like idiots, but if someone steals them, I'm going to be really upset. (laughs) I'm coming for you, Dylan, you kinky hunk. As Danny slowly wades his way down the opposite end of the hallway, Allison heads left into the generator room. All right, Mrs. H. I'm in the generator room. Wait, why are there three boxes of cheese buscemi heads stored down here? (laughs) They have a problem, okay? Regardless, they've been ruined because of the water. Head on over to the breaker. Now, you can't just flip this like a light switch. You have to pump the primer handle three times to get a charge. It's large, flat, and gray. Found it. One, two, three. All right, it's primed. 
Now flip the switch. The generators begin to rumble as they come to life. The lights turn on one after another down the hallway. Apartment 9 is filled with noise and lights as the apartment regains power. She did it. That crazy son of a bitch did it. Ooh, well done, Allison. Lock everything down and come back upstairs. I'll cook you guys something amazing as a thank you. Allison locks the panel and turns around to discover an alligator in the room with her. Holy shit! There is an alligator in here! Oh, just stay put. We'll come down to save you. My father did not raise me in Florida for nothing. Allison leaps into the air to pile drive the alligator in the face, wrestling it around in the water. Ow! Stop, Allison! It's me! It was a prank! Allison gets up from the watery floor. What the fuck? Is this your sick idea of a prank? <sighs> I wasn't expecting you to pile drive me. I thought you were a real gator. Why is your first instinct to attack a wild and dangerous animal? You run away from these things, Allison? <laughs> I am a proud Florida woman. Whether it be messed out zombies, bath salt zombies, gunfights, regular zombies, or alligators coming after you. You just have to roll up your sleeves and say, yes, please, as you make your fellow Floridians proud. Allison, you give Florida way too much credit. <laughs> Wait, where did you get a gator costume? Oh, the room I got trapped in was full of props and costumes. Some I think were left over from when Mrs. H was directing at the community theater, but I also think it's where Mr. Halverson keeps some of his CIA equipment. I saw a probe machine in there. It looks like it does weird stuff. But stuff. <laughs> wow. Um, wait, where's Danny? Sorry, I'm here. I got distracted by some old magazines that were being left for the trash. What were in them? Mm, don't worry about it. Oh, come on, you can tell us. I said, don't worry about it. All right. Let's just get out of here. I don't want Cam drinking all of my Jaeger. Hello, potential listeners. My name is The Vern, and I'm the host of the Cinema Recall Podcast. On most shows, myself, along with some great guests, we will talk about a movie and then some of the most iconic moments that happened in said movie. On top of that, you'll get bonus shows where I will give you short reviews about new and classic movies, or I'll just rant and rave about something going on in the entertainment industry. So come check us out. We're available on Anchor, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, most other places. Don't forget to follow us on social media. On Twitter, we are at Cinema underscore Recall. And then on Facebook, Instagram, we are Cinema Recall Podcast. Uh, don't forget to email us your ad spots to play on future episodes. That email is cinemarecall at gmail.com. Hope to see you around, and thank you very much for listening. The three of them come out of the elevator, soaking wet and exhausted. Well, at least this is over. I'm ready to take a nice shower, have a few drinks, and relax with everybody in the living room. As they walk into apartment 9, Mrs. Halverson rushes over to them, whilst Cameron and Bradley fight loudly in the background. Oh, thank goodness you're back. I don't know how this got out of control. It started as a snide remark from Bradley, but Cameron wasn't going to stand for that. You are some piece of work, Cameron. You settle down with me. A nice guy. A guy who has taste who wants a future, who knows how to do that thing in bed exactly the way you want, and then you leave me? 
We're not young twinks exploring dorm rooms in college anymore. For the record, you didn't know exactly how to do that thing in bed that I liked. That would require a Big Mac from McDonald's and a belt tightened around my neck. Second of all, you're intolerable and shallow. <gasps> you're always putting on an image when in reality, you're miserable. And instead of working together to fix our issues, you just deflect and run off to go ice skating to avoid your problems. Well, you never gave ice skating a chance. Should we step in and stop them? Not yet. This is the type of honest argument therapists have wet dreams over. <laughs> Why didn't you ever open up to me? Why did I always have to go searching for Cameron? Because I'm still searching for Cameron. Cameron walks over and pours himself another drink. You go through your whole life thinking you have everything just right. A good job here, a social life there, but at the end of the day, we're just stumbling through the motions trying to make this worth something. Yeah, well, I have it rough too. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. Can't you take the spotlight off yourself for once? You're not some A-list actor. Hell, you wouldn't even make the D-list. <laughs> I make a D-list every night. Guys? Let's keep it civil. And Dylan, I just don't have the energy for you right now. Bradley, I'm sorry I've hurt you. I get it. You had this complete idea that by now we'd be married. And every day I'd come home and you'd greet me at the door with a cocktail while you remove my hat and take my briefcase, but that's just not who I am. The reality is I'm lost. Just like most of us right now, I don't know what I want. I know I can't afford half of it and I feel like I'm running out of time. What I do know is I had to be honest with you before it was too late. Bradley takes a step back, obvious that he's been moved by what Cameron has said. It just wasn't supposed to be this way. I was supposed to be more than this at this stage in my life. But you are a lot already, and you can't forget that. Look at you, producing a hit show with a very talented and good friend. That's not nothing. You're doing better than Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> A real shame what happened to him. He had so much talent to give. I thought he was going to be the next Philip Seymour Hoffman. <laughs> Bradley, I'm not saying it's going to be easy, but we do have to find a way to live together, okay? Alright. Aww, I love a happy ending. Sounds like we're all ready for a round of shots! <laughs> I would be delighted. Lord knows I can't live the sober life. The six of them gather around the living room coffee table, their shot glasses full of Jaeger. <coughs> <coughs> Why are we doing shots of Jaeger? That was terrible. Oh, come on, it's, it's not so bad. <laughs> yeah, Ugh, it is. Allison looks over at the window. Wow, this storm is terrifyingly beautiful. We've definitely got a while to go before it passes. What do you guys want to do for now? Well, I was hoping to bring up more celebrities who have crashed so I can feel better about myself. <laughs> I wouldn't say this person has crashed, but remember when Miley Cyrus went through that wild phase back in 2013? A lot of people thought that was a really dark time for her, but honestly, I thought it was extremely entertaining. Sure, she was on a lot of drugs, but I mean, come on, no junk, no soul, am I right? Oh, Cammy. That's a terrible thing to say. I'm glad she's cleaned up just fine now. I'm sure, it's good. I won't deny that. I'm just saying. I haven't seen anything that wild since. None of us can sit here and say we didn't enjoy anticipating what she was going to do next. Do you think that Faze peaked when she twerked with Robin at the VMAs? Yeah, I think so. It was like, what comes next? Full nudity? Just straight fucking on stage? 
Well, I'm a, I'm a little embarrassed to say this, but Mr. Halverson and I actually had a wrecking ball installed in our bedroom for canoodling time back when all of that was going on. <laughs> oh, man, Mrs. H, I don't even want to think of that. He'd come home after a long day of work and bam, I'd come in. Don't! <laughs> well, you know how the song goes. It was fun until the chain broke one night. Thankfully, it wasn't an actual concrete ball, but Mr. Halverson still couldn't walk straight for a week. So, Cam, uh, how's that book coming along? Oh, uh, it's... it's fine. Yeah, it's going great, actually. I don't believe you. Bradley jumps up and lunges over to Cameron and grabs his laptop. I knew it! This is just more Star Wars fan fiction. Oh, oh, read it out loud! Ahem. <clears throat> It was the night before the Rebellion was to attack the Death Star, and Luke just got out of the sauna. He was dripping wet, with bulging muscles, and began speaking to me. Cameron, you're God's gift to the Earth. Everything about you is sexy. Come, sweep me off my feet and show me how to climax in less than 12 parsecs. (laughs) Oh, jeez. Are you serious, Cameron? So I have fever dreams of Mark Hamill. It could be worse. I could be addicted to meth. So, it's either fever dreams of Mark Hamill or being addicted to meth? I'm doing quite fine. Voicing our regular cast, Max Ice as Bradley, Jeff Feitner as Cameron, Cassandra Dodge as Allison, Chase Grant as Dylan, Shannon Hall as Mrs. Halverson, and me, Ian Shaw, as your narrator. Guest starring today, Dan Pelton as Danny. Our theme song was written and recorded by Lana White and produced by Dave Anderson. This episode was written and directed by Zachary Raw and edited by Jason The Vern. Forza Crown was created by R.L. Terry and is produced by Danielle Mescal. Connect with Forza Crowd on social media by following us at Forza Crowd Pod. Follow Mrs. Halverson on Instagram at Mrs. Halverson Only Fans. If you're interested in attending recording or making guest appearance, email us at ForzaCrowdPod at gmail.com. See you next time in Apartment 9.